true conception of the word. It means that this is God speaking. The true perception of the word is, is not, it's not men mere words. God said, I want you to receive my word from me. I want you to be able to identify, to distinguish the true word, to perceive, to understand, to learn about me, the true word. I want you to ponder, I want you to gaze into with great intent the true word. I want you to discern, I want you to see beneath the form of a thing. I want you to see what's hidden. I want you to see the real reality of your life, Rhonda. He said, I want you to see, not with your natural eyes, because we learn that with our natural eyes, that our natural eyes plays a trickery on us. With all the promise of the word of God, which is yes and amen, the natural senses is hostile against the spirit. Isn't that what the word of God says? That's what the word says. It's hostile, working Against it. It wants to destroy the word that's in you. It's not coming for you. It's coming for the word. Like the enemy did well over 2,000 years ago. He came for the word, Pastor. He came to destroy the word. And he's still trying to do the same thing because you now house the word inside of you. He's coming for the word. He's not coming for your car. He's not coming for your home. He's not coming for your job. He's coming for the truth that's inside of you. If he can come for the truth, not only will he get you, but he'll get the generation that's inside of you. He'll get your children, children, the ones that you love. Once he have you, And you think, oh, it's just me. It's just my life. Mm -mm. No, Dad. It's your children and your children's children. Dad, you can't just sit there idle, feeling like it's okay not to read and to study the word of God. He's he's coming for the word of the man of the house. Mm -hmm. Because if I get the man of the house, I get the entire family. Because you're here to destroy the works of the devil. That's your job. Amen. We have to be very mindful of how the enemy comes for the truth. Because if you don't have the right perception, if you're not seeing clear with your spiritual eyes, then when you read the word of God, you will misinterpret the word of God. Believing it's saying something that is not. Because the enemy has come in and he has entered a place in your heart. What has to happen is that the heart has to be tainted. There has to be something that's done to the heart. Because this is where things are birthed, in the heart. So now when you, you don't have your 
See, it's feeling different about me now. Because I, I was, said I was busy, too busy to talk to her today. And so because you really felt that you needed to talk to me, and I, I wasn't available for you, you, you kind of felt some, some way. You just couldn't name it. It just felt some way. And we get that sometimes. We just, you mm -hmm. can't identify the feeling, but I, I feel some kind yep. of way. I feel some kind of way, and that some kind of way is what the enemy suggested. That's why you can't even name it. It's just some kind of way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because otherwise, if it was something that you had conjured up, you would know exactly how you feel. You may be angry, but no, I feel some kind of way. Mm -hmm. And so when I, the, the enemy has your heart in a place to where it's tainted because you feel some kind of way. He has a, a entrance. When he has an entrance now, he can mess up your perception because your heart is not pure. We got to be careful to guard our heart because Amen. when it's not pure, you can't perceive the word of God. But we are convinced that we still can. You have deception. That's involving what you are perceiving. So you don't even know now what I'm perceiving is not of God. So the whole reason that why we are having this study, this is part two, is that the word of God and the church seem to not hold its true value anymore. The true value of the word of God, the richness of the word of God, the power of the word of God, the might of the word of God, the manifestation of the word of God. And see, what we have been doing when it comes to just the word manifestation is that we think it is the thing. Mm -hmm. Manifestation is not the thing. Mm -mm. This is why we get frustrated because we're waiting on our manifestation. It's not the thing. Did you know that it was not the thing? It's not the stuff. It's not normally how they've been taught. Manifestation is your God ability of creativity that's inside of your heart that causes you to imagine what you hope for. Your God-created ability is the tool for your manifestation. Mm -mm. It's not the thing. Go ahead. To imagine what you're hoping for. And when you, when you use God-created ability, not you just thinking about stuff, but God's creative ability inside of you, right. it causes you to imagine his promises because he causes you to hope. Yeah. You cause me to hope. Mm -hmm. And with God causing you to hope, there has to be a conception of the promise. And the promise begins here. And this is why you praise before you see it, because the believer don't live by sight what they see. They live by faith what they can't see. 
but they can see with the Spirit because the Spirit has spiritual eyes. This is the true manifestation. It's the birth of your God ability, creativity that has caused you to imagine. I couldn't say that again if I had to because it's not on my notes. (laughs) It's just not on my notes. (laughs) So this gives you, manifestation gives you the ability to perceive beyond your doubt. So it can't be the thing because it is the ability to see beyond your doubt. Go ahead. It's not what I see, it's what I don't see that causes me to have the ability to see. True perception. True perception. That manifestation is something we need to learn how to operate in. We have to learn to operate in our perception of seeing beyond our doubt. And when we do this, you're able to be operating in truth in the true gospel. Otherwise, you're operating in a process gospel. You have to, and I, would say that, I need to say this again, you have to learn how to operate and your ability to perceive beyond your doubt, to perceive beyond what you can't see, so that you can see. So it's just like if you can't see, you walk in the room and the light's out, you can't see, but you know what to do to see, you turn on the light. And so how do now, for me and my spiritual walk, turn on the light so I can see what's already there? Go ahead. (laughs) You waiting on it to show up. It's already there. You just can't see with your natural eyes. Uh Uh-oh. Now, for me to see my manifestation, I need to turn on the light. I I need to perceive that what God said, that is a true fact. There has to be a true conviction of the gospel. There has to be a true conviction of the gospel. This is why you can't see what you can't see. Why why, Why did God talk like this? He used the not, but it is. <laughs> like, okay. So to see what you can't see, you have to operate in true conviction of the word. Because if not, you're going to operate in process gospel. The process gospel is the feel good and the comfortable word which is void of the self-fulfilling power that's able to transform you in the image of Christ. This is why when we look at Christians, they don't look like Christ because they've been feasting on the process gospel, the feel-good gospel. Every day is a Friday. Mm -hmm. The feel-good gospel. 
it, it's comfortable. I, I'm not going to deal with your sin. I'm not going to deal with correction because I don't want you to feel uncomfortable. The word is uncomfortable. We just heard that. Even the, the his, his goodness and his, his, his mercy, I mean, that's persecuting you every day. That turn, didn't sound like me. it felt good. It's turned to me. Wow. So we are to really ignite the true conviction of the word of God. We have to ignite it so that we're transforming the image of God. Oh, we got some places to go. Because the letter of the word of God should not now be, because it's a rhema word, be void of power. And the reason that it is, is, is for a lot of reasons. We'll talk more about that. But because it is in some places, demons feel comfortable coming in the gathering. Mm -hmm. And what should be happening is because of the anointing that's on your life, is demons should be crying out in service. Mm -hmm. They should be screaming out because they are uncomfortable, not you when you hear the word. That's right. Okay. You're not supposed, if, even if it hits you, where's that? If, if it hits you, Adam, where's where that? It's to bring correction. I said this to someone the other day is that um, we don't, as Christians, we don't like to use the word judge. Well, no, I was, you know, a person said, you, you can't judge me. Said, well, we're not to judge the unrighteous because they're living the way that they should. They are serving their master. God's going to judge them. But the word of God says, first of all, that Christ is in us. So Christ, we're all one with Christ. So if you're operating outside of the word of God, you're bringing shame to the cross. And we are to judge righteously. Righteously. Because it's like it's, we're one body. Or your children, they're acting out. So you're not going to, and, and, and they bear your name. You're not going to say anything. They, they're going around looting places and business. So you're not going to judge them and say that this is wrong because they're going to get offended. The word of God says, now, you're bringing shame to the cross right. because you're saying that you are mine. And there are certain ways that you are required to live. You have... Their standards. Pastor? I was just saying, that's the same thing when he said, taking his name in vain. Mm -hmm. Not swearing. Yeah. It's taking his name and not representing what yes. he represents, which is righteousness. That's right. And to uphold that with one another. That, hello? That's mean taking his name in vain. Taking his name not re representing who he really is. We have to be, that's really great, pals, because we really have to be our brother's keeper. We, we have to do it. And if you really love, and just, I'm going to go back to you children because we love our children. So if you, you see your child going out into the middle of the street, are, are we not going to say anything? You're going the wrong way, and it's very dangerous. So are we going to say anything? No, because, oh, you're supposed to be, oh, you're more holy than thou, like you're crossing all your, all, all your T's and dotting all your I's. That's, no, I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying, because we are the body, I don't want me to get hit running across the road. I'm not looking. Because I love can, you. Can, can I come back? Because I love you. 
See, it's, it's not about, see, when you really accept that you're the body of Christ and we're one, how can a man, I love it when pastors say, how can a man hate himself? Who, who's getting upset and angry and knocking himself upside the head? Except a person who's insane. I would say no man has hated himself. We should really be in a position to where demons don't feel comfortable in the house of the Lord. But because of the anointingness on your life, it should be destroying yokes just with you walking in. It should bring the light. It should expose. It should bring a person to a place to where they, they feel convicted. Not condemned, but convicted. Yeah, and that's how the world judges. They judge condemning mm -hmm. versus judging righteously. And this is what we don't do. It's a very sad case, and we're really in prayer. And speaking about prayer, Dina uh, is not here today because she had chest pains and back pains. And so we need to keep her in prayer. Okay. Um, sad about the church. Most of the church now, as we see that they have incorporated a lot of things of the world. And that's because we have allowed, again, a lot of times people don't talk about demons. I'm not, you know, giving no demons no shout out today. But what I'm, I am saying is that I'm aware that they exist and they operate in people's lives who permit. Amen? disembodied spirits mm -hmm. that need a body. A willing body. A willing body. Yeah. Um, demons seem to be really well employed in the church. They're they're in the choir. Mm. Uh, they're, they're in leadership. On the pulpit. They're in, yeah. They, they're, they're ushering people in. They're on hospitality. Mm. And they're well employed in the church. Uh, they don't seem to find it hard, you know, to find a job because it seems like most of the churches have their hiring sign for, for demons. Uh, intercessors, they, they, they are on the intercessory board. They, they, they just are well employed. And it, it's, you know, yeah, it sounds funny, but it, and, and it is, true. but it's true. it's true. And the reason that you can see that it's true is because if we were walking the anointing that God has placed on our life, no demon in hell should still be taunting you. Say that. The anointing on your life should have evicted that demon at least 15 years ago. Amen. Evicted him out. You're not welcome. But it just goes to show how we're hearing the word, saying the word, but the Again, the, the power, the virtue, the might of the word of God, the actual manifestation of the word of God. See, a lot of things we're saying are real hard to do. Why is it hard to do? Why is it hard for you just to be at peace? Why? Why is that hard for Go you ahead, to be at that. peace? You should have so much anointing on you, BK, that no matter what you're going through, you walk, go into your job. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. God, thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you. 
Oh, I praise you. Yes, Lord. It, it should be that when you get to work, you have to go in a secret place just to hold down and suppress the Holy Ghost. Because, Father, you know I'm at work. And this unruly. would be unseemly. That's this right. would be unseemly. So, But let me excuse me. I need to go to the bathroom because right now it's on me. He's with me so great and I can sense it. I need, I, I need a spiritual break. Give me five. It should be like that. Not because your day was going wrong and the people at the job and whatever else and the bills you, you have. It should be that you need to break away from. Now, I love what Carmen said this morning. She said some people have to, uh, they want to get some me time. And their me time is uh, either going out, eat, emol, or whatever mm -hmm. else. She said her me time is the gathering time. Amen. Good God. I said, good. That's, now that's a worthy that's, post. That's what I'm telling you. That yeah. is a worthy post if you want to post. That's a worthy post. Feel free to post that. <laughs> but God is, he's so awesome. He's so awesome. But what we need to do is realize that the, the body of Christ has gotten away from building the kingdom of God. Amen. And we have to get back there. And uh, Sir, 2 Timothy 4, 3 says this. For the time will come when man will not tolerate sound doctrine. But with itching ears, they will gather around themselves teachers to suit their own desires. Mm, mm, mm. This is from the Berean Study Bible. I gotcha. It says, 2 Timothy 4, 3, and listen uh, closely, please. For the time will come when men will not tolerate don't want to hear sound doctrine. Offended to hear sound doctrine. But with itching ears, they would gather around themselves teachers to suit their own desires. So then go and gather, find yeah. teachers who are suitable to their desires. Mm -hmm. See, you want your desires to be met. What, what you desire from God. I, I've talked to people and they said, well, you know, I have my, my relationship with God. I have my relationship with God. Not saying that this person was saying that he or she had an individual relationship. No, you were saying that you have defined your relationship with God. You have defined it. That's right. It's not God's relationship that he has defined for you. See, uh, we get in trouble with desires. We get in huge trouble with desires. And we're going to talk about yoke a little later. So just hold that with the word desire. All right? And when we're talking about conviction, conviction is this. It's, it is the law act of proving that a person is guilty of a crime in a court or a strong belief. Conviction. It's an it's a act of proving that a person is guilty of a crime in a court. Conviction is a law. This is what we're supposed to be doing when we talk to the enemy. Amen. Is that you're in the heavenly courts and you are convicted because he's already been convicted. And he's working against the word of God, and there's no law against love. None. But when you're outside of love, you're wide open to the enemy. 
Because see, the word of God says there's no law against love. None. Paul said, I'll show you a more excellent way. So he said, but I'm being kind. I'm, I'm doing this. He said, he said, not out of your desires and what you want to do. It's out of love, the love of God. He said that it actually puts in place or enforce the law of heaven. This is why the battle is not yours. Because if you walk in love, all the laws and all the promises of God is truly yea and amen in your life. Yes. There is no working of the word except to believe strongly. You're, you're supposed to have a strong belief. You're supposed to insist on the word is true. You oh, good. see, you insist on you, you you get the feeling about something real strong, and you and just your opinion. Matter of fact, your opinion, and you and you will stick to your opinion because that's your belief system. But do you insist on the word of God is true? Do you insist that everything that He said is absolutely true? That I can love my enemies. Do, do you insist on that? Do you insist on that? My, my God. He just gave me something. Okay. All right. Strength. When God gives you stuff, you seem long, but I'm all right. So uh, <laughs> it, one word I have to give to you because he just has just given it to me. The word strength. The Lord is our strength. He's our strong tower. The word strength means, the original intent of the word strength meant wealth. Wealth. See, but we're seeking wealth. And he said, I'm your strength. Go ahead. We're seeking wealth. People, he says, I'm your strength. We're getting all kind of two, three, four jobs. Well, he said, but I'm your strength. I'm your, I'm your wealth. Mm-hmm. But what now what the church has done, because that's the, that's the true perception of the gospel. But now what the church has done, some of the body of Christ, is that they brought you a process gospel. Is that you need to get wealth. Sow a seed for wealth. Claim it. Decree it. Decree wealth. Run after it. Seek it out. Let, and grab it. Let me start my, you know, multi, you know, whatever business I want because I'm seeking wealth. He says, I am your strength. I'm your wealth. That was a sidebar nugget. He said, remember his eyes when he has given you. Mm-hmm. The power, the power to, get to get wealth. Yeah. <laughs> He's just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just compare the processed gospel in comparison to processed food. And now, he told you to remember that. I'm just going to put that in there. Mm-hmm. He said, remember. Mm-hmm. Remember I. Right. Amen. Processed gospel in comparison to processed food. And the reason I'm sharing this with you is that if you receive the processed gospel or have been, 
it means that you, your growth, your development, your mental state, your physical state has been grossly affected. Okay? And we have to get you in a place of true perception and operating in true faith. And true faith. In true faith, meaning when you say something, you believe that is done now. True faith, I'm not just quoting it. I'm not just saying it. The reason that I'm saying it is because I believed it. I'm believing. I'm, I'm, I'm always, not believed, I'm believing. Believing. That, that's how I live. I'm believing. I'm listening. I'm always listening. I'm always believing. I'm always learning. Listening means I'm always learning. So, processed food does this. It causes rapid spikes in your blood sugar. Processed gospel does this. Give you momentary excitement because of the word you heard. You have a spike in your excitement and joy for the Lord. And it goes. Rapid spikes in your day. Things, I got to check in the mail. Spike. Right. So when you receive the true gospel, your excitement is not because I received the check in the mail. It's because I simply love God and who he is. This is just what comes to me. I don't seek it out. This is because of my relationship with God. I know you always do what you say, Father. Put it to the side. Why am, I, why, why am I excited about the life that I'm supposed to be experiencing every day? The supernatural is supposed to be natural. Exactly. Why am I, why am I excited about supernatural? And this is who I am. I'm, I'm supernatural. Processed food is rewarding to the brain. It's very rewarding. So good. That cake, the pound cake. Good. See? See what all these different things start thinking about Thanksgiving food. It's so rewarding to the brain. How it makes you feel just thinking about it. Processed food does this, it hijacks. The biochemical yep. of the brain, leading to addiction and you to be out of control. Process food. It hijacks your biochemistry, which means that the signals that normally go to your brain to tell you to do certain things that you know is right now is not doing that. It leads you right. to an addiction. It's no, it's just as dangerous as drugs. That's a whole nother subject too. It is addiction. Have to have it. You're out of control. It has artificial ingredients in it versus a true word. It's low in nutrients. Board of elements to produce and promote growth. It requires less energy, get this, and time to digest processed food. Mm -hmm. It takes less 
energy. So you're not going to lose weight. Processed food. Doesn't take a lot of energy to process it. It takes a lot of energy to process the word of God. That's why it hurts your brain. Doesn't feel rewarding to your brain. Right. It doesn't. It's, yep. it's work. So letting you know that with processed food, it excites your brain, spikes it up. But when it comes to the word of God, it has nothing to do with your brain. It's your spirit. The spirit of man. And it's digested and processed by the spirit of man. Perception is the way you think and understand people and things. Just a small recap. Um, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And it speaks about that the Lord will put no more on us than we can bear. This is really showing you the principles and activities of faith. And I, I'm trying to, my time is, don't have that much time, so I'm going to recap this really quick for you. It said, no trial has come to you that is beyond human resistance, and that is not adjusted and adapted and belonging to human experience, and such as man can bear. Meaning, there's nothing that's going to happen to you that's going to be beyond your human resistance. That you can't bear, that you can't resist it. Don't a lot of times you feel like you just can't resist doing something? Feel like you're just gonna, I don't know, die. It just gonna, you, you just gonna pass out. I just gotta do it. Mm -hmm. I come on, I know you yeah, do. All of us, everybody. I mean, from the yeah, oldest to the youngest, they can fill in the it's something that you desire so much that you feel like you have to have it. Almost get sick. I use myself being you like you haven't had this experience. I wanted something, um, I can't think what it was. Oh, it was a watch. And when they pulled out the case, it the little, I guess, wristband little thing was broke. I'm like, what? It's broken? Don't you have another one? No, you can check the other store. No, they didn't have it. And I, and I picked up my whole outfit in the course. It went with my outfit, and I had to have it. I was sick. God blocked it. <laughs> it caused a physical thing to happen to you. Yeah, he did block he that blocked day. that one. It shall be another time, <laughs> woman. <laughs> woman rule. He blocked that <laughs> I was over in the corner praying. <laughs> But there are some things that we have to bear up in our life. And you have to accomplish some things in your life. You have to accomplish some things in your life. You have to accomplish some things in your life. Amen. How come when it comes to some of us, we just think things, we can pray it, and God just going to go out and do it? You, you send him in the hedges and highways, and, <laughs> and then you... you Lord, go to the hospital. You got him just doing. He said, these are some things that you have to do. Won't you send God some places? You send the, the, his, his angels on assignment. He said, I've given you an assignment. He said, these signs shall follow you. There should be some 
persevering and praying through in prayer for the things that's just this uh, bearing down or what's this heavy thing on our life, this test or this trial. Amen. But we know that this test and trial is not unto death. Mm-mm. It's for perfecting you and validating your faith. Amen. Say that again. Your faith has to be validated. If you say that you love God, the word of God says that you would obey me. He said, if you, if you love me, you'll follow my commandments. Your love. You love a person when it's not when they're not easy to love. Yep. If you love me, there there we have a responsibility to the response of love. Love has already met his responsibility to us. We just have not met our responsibility to love. Mm-hmm. So now let's talk about the the yoke real quick. And what it is, yoke is basically this in a short term. It's, it means to be joined. It means to be married. Mm-hmm. It means to be one. <laughs> my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But the question is, what are you yoked to? Who are you yoked to? Mm-hmm. Are you yoked to a person? or thing, or place, or event? What are you joined to? What are you married to? What are you one with? What are you yoked with? I'm just going to give you what the spiritual part of yoke is. It's servitude. Yoke is servitude. Can you join yourself to servitude? Can you be one with servitude? Yoke is submission. Yoke is force subjection. You force yourself to be subjected to whatever the cause is. Against all what you feel like, you force yourself to be Subjected to. Probably use an example like this. Um, during, during slavery, you have a person say, because it's their, their younger son, the father may step up and say, it was me that stole food from the market or whatever. And he has forced himself to be subjected to this punishment for the cause of his son not to be beaten. See, it's going to cost you something when you force yourself to be subjected to God. When you force yourself to be subjected and submitted and have servitude to God, not man, but to God, oh, your flesh is going to scream. And your flesh is going to find every reason why not to submit. You'll develop a critical spirit. You'll develop excuses. You'll find a scripture that will fit your situation. All out of context. Because you're doing this because you don't want to force yourself to be subjected, yoked with God. There you go. You have to be yoked with God. 
to submit. It shows in our life if you're not submitted and servitude and forced to subject yourself to him that you're not yoked with God. That means you're yoked with someone or something else because you can't be yoked with God and someone or something else. You could be yoked with a thought. Time. God yoke is of repentance and faith. Amen. Oh. So when you're yoked with God, you're in a place, a constant place of repentance and faith. I'm always believing because I'm yoked with belief. Mm. I'm always in forgiveness because I'm yoked with repentance. I'm always in kindness because I'm yoked with repentance. I'm always being purged because I'm yoked with repentance. I'm, I always have a clean heart because I'm yoked with repentance. It's followed by a singular commitment to follow his commandments and the word of God said they're not burdensome. this process gospel a lot of times there, there is no mention of sin or repentance mm -mm. that's why it's taxed because you're not confronted with you there you go but this should be an exciting message because you want it to is. be yoked with God you want to be one with it God is, it is you want to be going the right way so Amen. you can really receive the full promises of God. You want to be yoked with righteousness. Amen. 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 God tries the believer. He tries. The word of God says, I've tried you. Meaning I've tested you. I have to test you to see what you're saying. If you love me means that you're yoked to me. And so I need to test your yoke. I need to test your yoke. I need to test your yoke. Is it yoke with money? I need to test your yoke. Uh, do you freely give to me? Or uh, are, are you, is that what you're yoked with? I need to know what you're yoked with. Are you yoked with your job? Will you forsake coming to the assembly? Because not because you're scheduled to work, you take on extra because you feel that you need to, because you need extra money. So you're yoked with your work. You'll be on time at work, but you won't be on time at the gathering because you're yoked with your work. Mm -hmm. It rained outside. Why are you going to church? But when it's raining, when you're going to work, why don't you have a problem with me when it's raining outside mm -hmm. when I'm going to work? Mm -hmm. Why don't you tell me to stay home because you know I'm not going to get paid? There you go. You're yoked to work and you're yoked to money. God wants us to be yoked to him. He wants us to be yoked to love. Amen. He wants us to be yoked to peace. He wants us to be yoked to a sound mind. Yes. He wants us to be yoked to clarity. He wants us to be yoked to counsel. He wants Amen. us to be yoked to mindness. He wants us to be yoked to wonderness. He wants us to be yoked to wisdom. <laughs> Which is him. Mm. He dearly loves us. Yes, he does. Tried when he tried, he said, I want to find you good. I want to find you good. I want to find you trustworthy. I, I want to find you that what your words that you speak to your brethren, it's true. when you say it, mm. you mean what you say. And when you walk off, you're saying the same thing in your heart. Mm. I oh. want to see oh, if you're good. trustworthy. Oh, I want to see that when times get, get tough with your brother, will you still stand? He said, because I still 
stood with you when you even turned your back on me and you walked away from me. I was still with you. He said, I want to see, are you trustworthy in this relationship? Amen. It's a marriage. That's right. It takes two. He said, in order to qualify as being legal to use my word, to speak my word out of your mouth, you have to be legal. You have to be endorsed by me to speak my word. And to do that, you have to be trustworthy. You have to be yoked to me to play the keyboard. You have to be yoked to me. To play the drums, you have to be yoked to me. I'm, I, I'm allowing you to minister to my people to destroy yokes, the yokes of the enemy, the things that they yoked to Adam, the things. He said, I want you, and I'm speaking to your life, every time that you play those keys, that people are, the yokes on their life are destroyed, destroyed. for things and people and places and events and even their own thoughts. I thank God that already it's on him to do that. Glory to God. Because this is not a thing that we're doing. It's not an event. Mm. This is a marriage. Amen. You're in a marriage with God. And he's trusting you that you're not going to have an affair on him. (laughs) With other gods. With other gods. So let's talk a little bit more about yoke. When it deals with tradition, and you can be yoked to tradition. This is why you can't perceive the true word. Yes, you can. What you hear first, you believe and you build upon that for your life. What you hear first, you believe and build your life around it. This is how tradition is birthed in a person. This is what you, your culture, how you're brought up. The first thing you hear, you start to build it around your life. Mm-hmm. And if you hear anything else different, it's wrong to you because your belief system is embedded in your tradition. It's embedded in your tradition. But let me tell you this. Research states this. You have to hear something 37 times for it to become your pentium. Mm. You have to hear one single thing 37 times before it is built upon. Otherwise, it's not going to stay, it's not going to remain because this is how the mind works. Memory. You have to hear Again, this is why, see, and this is why feet, and I'm, I'm going to help, help you in the past, and because this is what I used to think, too, is this, is that, how come I got to keep hearing the same thing, I, and I'm not doing this because we're the body. I'm not doing that. Yes, you are. Discern the body. body. You're the body. This is the body. That's right. Why I got to keep hearing, we're not tithing because it's the body. Well, I'm tithing where somebody's not. Meaning that you're the body. Okay. But all this has come, and this has affected people too, Pastor. What they were yoked with in tradition. So for some of us, when you were younger, I know uh, your your mom would give you one or two dollars, right? 
And I met a young lady, I think she was well, about 27, 28, and she still gives $3. And not because that's what she has to give, it's that she just, it was part of tradition, and that's what was built upon, Pastor, around her life. So this is what she just do, saw nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it. Hmm? A, a, a true story. So how your how when you went to church, what was a tradition? And when you see things out of tradition, you get offended because that's your belief system now. How come they had the people singing in the back? I'm just had the people singing in the front. So I'm a, you know, what's going on back there? Because this is tradition. You have been trained in tradition to hear, supposedly to hear God. Supposedly. But never seen him. Which means never really experienced him. You're trapped in tradition. Some are. And this is causing them to fall away from faith. I spoke to a young man at ODU, and uh, he was saying, you know, I, I don't, you know, I believe in God, but I, I you know, I don't go to church anymore, and I, uh, I'm really not quite sure what I believe, because, you know, I just had a bad experience. Tradition. He started quoting a lot of things of Paul. You still hear that he had a lot of word in him, but he had fallen away from the faith. And it's sad because this is why we have to do all diligence to study the word of God, restore people back to Christ. And that's part of our duty as well when we see someone that's falling away. And so let's talk about the facts here, what research says in the 80s, and in the early 90s, 15% of the church tithed. 15%. You hear me? Mm-hmm. Out of the, I don't know, thousands and thousands, millions of people, 15% back then. And as of now, as few as 5% of the church tithe. Why do we think, why is that? I think you already said it, but. I'll tell you why, is that people, when they come to church, they don't come expecting God. Not against them to someone, I don't expect they're going to be here, right? They're coming to church not expecting God. They're coming for entertainment. They're coming because of something social. It's coming because this is what we do now. It's like out of habit for some of us. It may feel morally right. Can you believe actually come and not expecting God? Wow. We need to watch what we're being yoked to. Your thinking system has to be dismantled. Your thinking system has to be dismantled. 
Look up this mantle as I go on, Al. Free from religion. Delivered from bondage and also that really not knowing what God is saying. We have to be delivered from that. So give you a little example of what the yoke when they're using the animal. The yoke dealing with a a donkey is See what I want to do first. Time. The ox. The ox has the load. He pulls. And this is what God does. He pulls on you. He pulls on you for your calling, your assignment. And this is the frustration in us. It's, it's, not, it's not the burden of it or the heaviness of it is that you're you have to do something and that's burdensome to you that you have to do something isn't it easy when you don't have to do anything <laughs> i'm just saying okay i i would be pretty okay with that i didn't have to do anything but you do as believers you do you have to you're required to be successful you are required to be a success on your job, at home. Wow. When you're yoked to God, you are going to be set apart. Consecrated. Separated. And you can't do what you want to do when you want to do it. Al, you there? Dismantle. Means to deprive or strip of apparatus, furniture, equipment, defenses, etc. To disassemble or pull down, take apart, to divest of dress, covering, etc. So you're taking apart. Go, go back a little bit. Um, first one is to deprive or strip of apparatus, furniture, equipment, defenses, etc. So Deprive yourself. Dismantle. You're going to have to deprive yourself of what you want to do. What you think is important. And what was the other word? It's another key word he highlighted. Right after that. To deprive or strip of apparatus, furniture, equipment, defenses, etc. Defenses. We have, actually, we get, a def we get offended with the word of God. He said, you're going to have to rid yourself of that. That when you hear the word of God, you receive the word of God with gladness. Because when you don't receive the word of, of God with gladness, the enemy comes and he takes the seed that was sown because it didn't fall in a fertile ground. And when it does fall and a fertile ground in the heart of man, he's able to become that word. Yeah. And that's a threat to the enemy. So the enemy, he see you as no threat when you don't conceive the word of God. 
and you don't live the word of God. But when you allow the seed of the word of God not to take root in your heart, you can't become the word. You cannot transform. There will not be a metamorphosis into the image of Christ. You can't be renewed. You cannot be renewed. You're still, this is the frustration. We're living as the old man because we're not receiving the true gospel. We're receiving the process gospel. Therefore, we're not being changed. And we're calling on God. And God, I know you're going to do it. You have to believe it. It has to be conceived. Lord, I thank you for the word. Thank you, Al. There has to be some things in us that we have to tear down ourselves. God cannot do it. He says you have to tear down the fences that you have built, your strongholds. These are your strongholds that you have to tear down so you can hear me, so you can now receive me. Now you can live the word of God and become the word of God and be operating in true faith. I love the lyrics to a song that VK was telling me last night about, can we give B the mic? I hate to, I hate to tie up things. You gonna sing? No, he's <laughs> definitely not gonna sing it. That gifting has not fallen on him as of yet. <laughs> about the, my, the, my hallelujah oh. and what, yeah. It was um, just for my hallelujah, became tired. you giving me a new song, and now I'm letting go. Stephanie Frizzle. <laughs> and you had some more to it? Um, prior, let me see, before that is, um, first off, thank you for your mercy. If you hadn't, where would I be if you hadn't seen me? You brought me to the end of myself. And just when my hallelujah became tired, you've given me a new song. And now I'm letting go. We've got to. <laughs> we have to come to the end of ourselves. We have to come to the end of ourselves. And then let go. <laughs> Glory to God. I love God. Wow. Okay. Okay. We're getting there, y'all. We did. We're almost there. That was beautiful. Thank you. I will read the foundation scripture because we, we need that. Uh, Mark 4, 23. If any man has ears to hear, let him be listening and let him perceive and comprehend. Continue to listen. And he has said to them, be careful what you're hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be, me will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. And more besides will be given to you who hear. For to him who has will more be given. And from him who has nothing, even what he has will be taken away by force. So coming, hearing the word of God, we have to do things such as being prepared to hear the word of God. Being prepared to listen. We, I said today to Rocket, you need to come like you're looking for a word. We need to be, our spirit needs to be ready for a word, to receive a word of God. 
There has to be purification is necessary for the word of God. A practical reason of true perception, and it comes pretty much like this. The heart has to be purified in you. Because if not, you will read the scripture and not understand it. Because Holy Spirit cannot operate out of an impure heart. Make sure when you're hearing the word of God that you're perceiving it right. Do you stop to take the time that when you hear the word of God that you're perceiving it right? That you're perceiving it right, that I see. That I see it. That I'm, I'm, I'm learning it. I'm looking into it. I'm looking, I'm looking behind the form of the writer. I'm looking beyond the fact that it was a man that had written this, even though he was inspired by Holy Spirit. I'm still looking under the hidden underlying part of it, the realities of the word. I'm, I'm looking for that. We have to make sure when we hear the word of God that they're perceiving it right, perceiving it to the end of its order and not the process. Perceiving the word of God at the end of the order of the word. See, what we do, that when we hear the word of God, we try to rationalize why God told me to do that. We try to process. And what Abraham did, he didn't process. He received the word, waited to get, get to the end of the order of the word. Leave the land of your kindred. Leave everyone now. He didn't stop to think where I'm going. Can I go and take some other people with me? Now, what am I going to do next? See, we do all this when we're waiting on God. We, we have a lot of questions for him. So this is not the time to reason. This is the time to obey. So that you can get to the end of the order of it. Amen. Which is what he has for you. And it's good. Just know, he said, just know that the end of the order of my word for you, Cindy, it's is good. good. Amen. It's good. The end of the order of the word. The word has an order. It has an order, and you're trying to give the word a systematic way of working. It has an order, and it's his order. The real word. Talking about we have to be purged, and it has to be true conviction. We talked about that already. Wow. True conviction comes from a preached word. That's from the right Domain, the right level, and the right spirit. You can have someone preaching, but they're not hearing from the right domain. They could be hearing from the second heaven, but not the throne of God. It could sound like and mimic the anointing. And if you don't and can't discern, you wouldn't know. This is why you need to have discernment so you can perceive and understand spiritual teaching. This is not like the academic setting. This is spiritual teaching and spiritual feeding. Amen? Amen. I'm going to say that again. True conviction comes from when you're hearing 
And you should be convicted, not condemned, right. but convicted to insist on the word coming to pass. Amen. What pastor saying, what teacher Bill said, I'm I have true conviction about that, that it's coming to pass. It's coming to pass. It comes from a preached word that's from the right domain, the right level, and in the right spirit. We have to be in the right spirit mm -hmm. to bring the right word, the true word of God. We have to be in the right spirit. Bible has to be rightly divided so that it manifests into truth in the spirit of man. Amen. See, a lot goes on when the word is being taught. But what we see in here is that the words sound good. Okay, we heard about God. All that's okay. But there's if you receive the word of God with true conviction, there is a spiritual dynamic happening in you, in your DNA, That's right. changing it now, not to who you were born to be. Mm -hmm. But every time you hear the word of God, your mm -hmm. DNA is changing to the blood of Christ. Every day. If you can believe it. Wow. The Bible, let's repeat that. The Bible has to be rightly divided. So that the manifest, the manifested word is manifested in truth and the spirit of man. The word has to manifest itself in you in truth. But I have to be in the right spirit while I'm teaching it. Otherwise, you don't grow. See? See, these are not, see, and we have these kind of responses, and this is not a right, a wrong response. This is a right response. Because when you're hearing the processed word, like the processed food, McDonald's and that, you, you, you're excited. It goes, it's for the brain, and you have these spikes of excitement. But this here is the true gospel, perception of the true gospel, which was causing you to perceive. It's causing you to look into the word right now. Because normally when you go to church, you don't look into the word. You don't examine the word. You don't scrutinize the word. But now the true word will allow you to operate in true faith. So now when you speak, you're valid in what you're saying. And you're legal. You're permissible to say God is good. Because when things weren't right in your life, you still praise him. You're permissible, Cindy, now to say that. You're permissible, Dave, when you get in a position when things are not right in my finances that I'm able to still praise God and not murmur and complain. Otherwise, you're not legal to say God is good. Amen. Just want to give you an example of being authentic. Certain words, you're, you're, you're at that place where you can say, you know, God is my provider. God is my healer. Oh, no, no. You can't say he's your healer because when you were sick, you didn't, you didn't give him the credit that he was the one that healed you. Oh, you're not legal. We want to be legal as a Christian, as a person who proclaims that we are the sons of God. Amen. 
by the life that we live, what we say, we should be the example when we go to work. Amen. It should be. And, and I just give you the example of peaches at my job. I had a person that come, came to me even uh, last Friday that said, once they found out she was my daughter, they said, um, and this guy didn't even know me. So he had just met Peaches. And, and I, I, he said, oh, I just met someone named Melvina. I said, yeah, that's my daughter. He said, I knew it was something about her. I said, I couldn't, I couldn't, I said, the anointing. Because <laughs> he was trying to find a word. He was like, yeah, and he, you know, he was a guy that was talking about that, you know, had thought, fallen away from Christ. But it should be something about you. When you walk into the room, that they know that Christ they know there's, there's a light, there, there's illumination, there's some wisdom. There's, there's something that's making me feel I want to leap for joy. What, I mean, what's going on? What did you just say? I didn't say nothing. I was just standing here. Right. Matter of fact, um, that was Pastor and, and B yesterday. And B hadn't opened up his mouth. And Pastor said, uh, B, what's going on with you? He said, uh, I'm just standing here just being grateful, thanking God for all what He's doing just the small things, you know. You know, um, Di came over and she was she bought the food and we, you know, went shopping for the Thanksgiving stuff. And he said, "No, no, just see you over there. You study, you know. Pastor got you know his word, and we just, I'm just, just happy. It's life is just good. <laughs> <laughs> life is just good. You know, we, people ain't gonna check in the middle of life be good. He is literally just saying it just." You know, we say he hadn't opened his mouth. He hadn't opened his mouth. He's saying all this within. I'm not looking at him. No. But that spirit was loud. Yes. Wow. Okay. We're coming up. We're coming. We're coming up at the end. Wow. He does the same thing while we're in here teaching, too. God's calling you to pull the word that's in your spirit. To move in another level of maturity. He's that ox that's pulling. Yoke yourself to him. He's pulling you to another level of maturity. That's good. And we know that kids, they resist maturity. They do. They resist growing up. They don't think you love them when you correct them. And it's sad. As much as you, you as much, and then... As much <laughs> the word of God said, I mean, if you don't believe me, just believe me for the, the my my deeds and things you see me do, but the works I've done. If you don't believe me, Jalen, believe me for the very works I've done. Now, the clothes I've bought you, the, I, I'm, I'm traveling, taking you to the university. If you don't believe that I love you, at least believe me for the works that you've seen that I've done in your life. Mm, that's excellent. That's what God is saying to you. You find yourself in a situation you don't have, and it's that he said, now, now you have another job. You complained about that last year. Believe me for the works that you see me already do. Amen. God is such, he is truly such an awesome, awesome God. We're, we're coming to the gathering, and it isn't about us feeling comfortable. It's about you coming to get your assignment. Everyone wants to be comfortable, but no one wants to be the good soil that the seed is planted in. You have to be positioned in the body of Christ for your assignment. You don't come here even for your children, your spouse, no one. This is why no one would keep me from the word. 
when you die, you died. It won't be that your husband, so when you stand before the Lord, it'll be you standing before the Lord. So if your husband walk away from God, you shouldn't walk away from God because it's a personal relationship. You have an assignment, and your assignment is not his assignment, but yet they are both one assignment. Amen. We are called for an assignment. When you come to the gathering, you have an assignment. And your heart has to be that soil that where the seed is planted in and that you're not trying to resist. And then if the thorns is choking up that seed, that word of God that has your purpose and your future in it. Receive it with a pure heart. Discern whether we, we are teachers and pastors that are after God's heart. I remember my former pastor used to say, he said, you may don't like some things about me. He said, but you should know that I love you. He said, discern my heart. I love that about KL1. He did say that, discern my heart. As long as we continue to walk and be led by Christ, you follow us. But the day that you can actually discern and perceive and operate in true faith, and you, are, you, you see or think you perceive that we're not following Christ, then you shouldn't be here. Because that's what I told my, my former pastor. I said, the day that you turn away from God, the things of God, is the day that I do leave. That's what we told him. But you need to know how to discern, properly discern. And a lot of times it's not, not so much this about leaving because it's about timing. And you have to know what God says because you think it's to, for you to leave, but it's time for you to grow. It's not for you to leave. It's time for you to grow. Amen. Not time for you to leave. Time for you to grow. I don't just mean physically. I mean when you're here. It's time for you to grow. Not time with things going wrong in, 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 in your life and at, at the job and whatever going on in your mind, your thoughts. It's not time for you to leave the gathering here. It's time for you to grow. Amen. See, when it comes to those trials and tribulations and testing and challenging us, it's fight or flight. But it's time for you to grow. When you were not born again, it wasn't in your DNA to be a success. Now that your new creation is in your DNA to succeed. Amen.